You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mitchell Trubisky is already back at practice, and I guess we're just supposed to pretend what happened at the end of the Rams game didn't happen or doesn't matter? Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today we'll have an update on Mitchell Trubisky's hip pointer injury situation and his return to the practice field that I guess technically he never left. And we'll also look at the return of Jesper Horstead to the Chicago Bears active roster. And we'll wrap up with a look at some of the other injured players and their progress this week as we turn our attention to the New York Giants. Matt Nagy always meets with the media before practice each day rather than after, and that's for good reason for him to not have to necessarily comment on who's going to practice on that day. So Nagy was noncommittal about whether Mitchell Trubisky would go on Wednesday, and he did. And not only did Mitchell Trubisky participate in practice, but he was a full participant in practice despite the hip injury that he suffered at the end of the first half against the Los Angeles Rams. And obviously that hip injury was enough at the time for Nagy to feel it necessary to have a long and sort of heart-to-heart conversation with Mitchell Trubisky on the sideline and ultimately pull him from that game with only a few minutes left and a 10-point deficit on the scoreboard. And plenty of controversy and conspiracy resulted from that decision. And I think those theories and question marks are only going to be fueled by the somewhat quick recovery here from Mitchell Trubisky. And yes, it was reported and disseminated as a hip pointer injury, which in the grand scheme of injuries to a quarterback is very much on the minor side. I mean, we're not talking about muscle damage and or a broken bone or any kind of dislocation or something like that. I mean, a a hip pointer is never going to put a guy on injured reserve and shut him down for the rest of the season. But it, it, it certainly kind of gives a, I don't know if a bad look is the right word, but it, 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 it's not a great look when Trubisky is pulled at the end of the Rams game. And now three days later, he is a full participant in practice almost like nothing happened. And it's not that he is 100% fully healthy. He said that he is sort of kind of treating it day to day and trying to feel better and better each day. But he does anticipate playing on Sunday if he continues to progress in in a way that so far is so good. If he can keep it loose and not tight like like it happened on Sunday night, then we should see Trubisky against the New York Giants. But it raises so many questions for those of us on the outside and especially those of us who don't have any real like in-depth medical knowledge or sports medicine training to know how hip pointer injuries work. And certainly every injury individually is going to have a different recovery. So it is easy for us to sit here on the outside and question, okay, the injury was so severe to take him out of that Rams game, but not so severe that it's going to limit him in practice. I mean, I think given our lack of general knowledge about 
these injuries and any injuries, that's what leads us to ask those questions. But I do wonder if this is more common for hip injuries. And specifically, you know, you can't isolate any one injury to all be recovering the same way. But I, I do think that it might add up from the Chicago Bears standpoint that there's not nefarious reasoning behind it, but it certainly is a bad look as so much of this has already been come into question. And that doesn't mean the Bears should have, you know, made Trubisky be limited at practice unnecessarily, but it just speaks to how poorly the whole situation has been handled. And I know they try not to get caught up in the outside noise and public relations and all that sort of thing, but it, it certainly doesn't help to have sort of handled it this way. And you wonder if maybe they could have been a little bit more upfront and forthcoming and clear and communicative about everything that was going on with their quarterback because it certainly looks bad. But it is, in spite of all that, it is, I would say, good news for the Chicago Bears because if you're trying to play out the rest of this season and trying to get the most that you can out of these remaining, what, six games then you want your young quarterback in there so you're getting as full of an evaluation as you possibly can before you may have to make some difficult quarterback decisions. They don't really gain anything at this point by playing Chase Daniel. We know what Chase Daniel is, and winning more football games is important and good for team morale, but it's more valuable to the team to really see absolutely everything Mitchell Trubisky can do and see if he can continue some of the progress he's made in the last two games and really give no doubt to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy when other quarterback options perhaps become available this offseason and they start to have to maybe make a decision on a fifth-year option for Mitchell Trubisky. Having him out there and working through every possibility to see as much more tape as possible in his second season in Matt Nagy's offense is what this Bears front office needs in order to make the best decisions for the future of the franchise. So technically, we don't know for sure whether we'll see Mitchell Trubisky this week against the New York Giants, but the progress he's made seems like it's a pretty good bet that he'll be out there for Thanksgiving against the Lions. And during that week leading up to the game, our friends at mybookie.ag are offering a risk-free bet on that Bears-Lions game. All you have to do is choose a team against the spread for up to $250, and if you win, congratulations. You've got extra holiday spending money. And even if you lose, congratulations to you as well, because mybookie will give you all of your money back. It's really a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, MyBookie welcomes everyone. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. And not only will MyBookie match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, but they will add on top of it the risk-free Bears-Lions bet. Let me repeat that. It's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the only notable player back in action on Wednesday. 
Tight end Jesper Horsted was promoted from the practice squad to the active roster, and he'll potentially be a part of the game plan on Sunday against the New York Giants. There's no guarantees that he'll be active and have a significant role, but I think a lot of us have been waiting for the Bears to just try something to get some production out of the tight end position with Trey Burton on injured reserve and Adam Shaheen continuing to both be a disappointment and now injured and unable to contribute. And so Horstead was the one who got the call up instead of Dax Raymond. And after what we saw from Jesper Horstead this preseason, it seems to be well-deserved. You know, in those final two preseason games against the Colts and the Titans, he caught eight passes for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Good for a passer rating of uh, 156.7 when he was targeted. And he just looked like perhaps the most dynamic threat the Bears have at tight end at least given where Trey Burton has been in the last 12 months and, and everybody else on the roster. He is a former wide receiver at Princeton, an undrafted rookie free agent this year, and a guy who is admittedly, to him, you know, from his own words, still learning this receiving tight end position in Matt Nagy's offense. That's a, a bit complicated, and uh, that is on top of, you know, not, not only is he learning the Bears' offense, but learning a new position in a new offense. It's been a lot, I think, for Horstead to have to adjust to, and, and that's part of why we haven't seen him called up to the active roster before now. But given where the season stands, being able to see a young player out there and, and seeing what he can do is definitely a welcome sight for us. And of course, for Jesper Horstead, who shared some of his progress when he met with the media on Wednesday. I'm a lot better in, in terms of technique and knowledge, uh, but it is a new position. And even though, even if I'm a fast study, it's going to take time more than just a few months. So I'm, I'm going in the right direction, but by no means am I a full-out tight end yet. Did, did you put on weight? In the I last? did, okay. certainly, yep. So I, I came in here at about 225, and right now I'm around 240, some days more, some days less. So I'm in a good spot with that. Matt talks about the adjuster position. Mm -hmm. How complicated is that to learn? It's very complicated yeah. to learn, yeah. I mean, it's just a very key part of this offense, yeah. uh, and you, you can really be put in any role in the offense, which is amazing. It's, yeah. a, it's a spot you want to be in, but yeah. it comes with good knowledge of the playbook. So uh, it's definitely been a struggle, but I, I feel pretty good about where I'm at with the playbook right now. You obviously showed off uh, your receiving skills a little bit in the preseason, a couple touchdowns, a couple big plays. How comfortable are you? I know it won't be the primary role, but at the point of attack, how, is there anxiety? Is there uh, are, are, you, are you kind of... What's your mindset as far as how that's going to be come Sunday? Sure. I mean, I would be nervous if I were to go out and be the, the ball boy for this game right now. So, like, <laughs> But it's a good thing. Like, I'm also really excited, um, and I feel way more confident than I did in the preseason with it because I've just been going against this amazing defensive line of ours so, since then. So I feel good, but there's going to be nerves no matter what I'm doing. Horstead's first answer there about by no means being a full-on tight end yet it initially kind of gives me pause as to maybe – pull us back in a little bit and be patient with Horstead because I, I know we all want Horstead to go on the field and produce the way he did in the preseason and try and be a, a hundred yard receiver, a tight end and things like that and make big explosive plays. And, and that might not be fair to expect in, in a regular season game against starting quality opponents when he was doing a lot of his damage against backups in a very sort of vanilla offensive scheme. And it, it may be a sign of Matt Nagy wanting to take things slow with him and, and limiting how much of a role Horstead is going to have, at least for now, on Sunday against the New York Giants. Because that U tight end position 
has a lot of nuance to it and is asked to do a lot of different things. And it isn't really exactly a full-on tight end either. Like, I, I look at how Horstead was utilized in the preseason, for example. He only played 60 snaps of offense. So we are talking about a pretty darn small sample size. But a little over a third of his snaps came at wide receiver, which was his college position, which is a pretty common thing for Matt Nagy to do with these receiving tight ends. It's it's more or less in line with what we would see from Trey Burton. I mean, the exact percentages are, are going to be different, but for the most part, you're going to see the majority as sort of a, a tight, you know, an inline tight end, sometimes off on a wing and, and on either side, but then a good third or more of the time splitting up mostly as a slot receiver, but sometimes on the outside for different kind of matchups and different formational looks. So in theory, Nagy can find opportunities for Horstead to be a little bit more of a wide receiver and really work him in if he feels like Horstead can handle it. But that's sort of the unknown in this equation with how much Horstead is able to really take on so early in his career. But it's clear that the Bears need more. From the tight end position, it's it's not. I mean, it's it's been the case all season, regardless of the guys that they've had in there. But even with Ben Broniker taking over the starting role last week, we still haven't seen him really be a significant difference maker. Right, really nice touchdown against the Lions two weeks ago, but against the Rams, there were plenty of other offensive struggles. So it's not a a direct like criticism of Broniker, but he plays a season high fifty snaps. And really is more or less a non-factor, which some of that is just the, his his opportunities and some of it is the, the rest of the offense struggling. So the, the Bears have a lot of room for more at tight end and Jesper Horstead seems to have a skill set that can provide more. It's just a question of how soon, how much, and what exactly it's going to look like from, a, again, a young guy that's still learning the position. So it's it's an encouraging sign that... The Bears are trying to take steps in player evaluation and just making changes offensively because I think that's what we're sort of looking for. They keep trotting out the same 11 guys, you know, with with minor variations. Maybe Wims will play a little bit more here and then a little bit less there, and Anthony Miller will get a little more here, and maybe the Cohen-Montgomery split fluctuated, but it's the same I don't know, 15 to 16 players when you include the different receivers and running backs that are all in the rotation. It's the same rotations. And now maybe we're starting to see some willingness to change and adapt and just try new things to try and get something to work on this offense. And Horstead is a very clear step in a positive direction that way, even if it doesn't necessarily take a drastically different form in week 12 here against the Giants, it's at least the first step toward getting more of that. And would still like to see Riley Ridley be active and involved in the game plan. You know, maybe you look at a guy like Dax Raymond from the practice squad, you know, get more Ryan Nall perhaps involved in the offense. Just little things to see what you have in some of your other talent while you're also trying to evaluate your quarterback and some other young guys on both sides of the ball. Of course, injuries have played some factors in some of those evaluation opportunities, both for better and for worse. And Wednesday was an opportunity to update us on some injuries beyond just Metro Trubisky. We'll touch on some of the big names and what we know as of now next on Locked on Bears. 
And don't forget, the Locked On Podcast Network now has all your Chicago sports needs covered with local experts on all your Chicago teams. We added Locked On White Sox and Locked On Blackhawks into the mix, and we've had Locked On Bulls and Locked On Cubs keeping you strong for years now as well. So when you're done listening to Locked On Bears, check out the rest of your favorite Chicago sports team's daily podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mitchell Trubisky also wasn't the only Bears player to receive some good injury news to start the week of practice on Wednesday. Right tackle Bobby Massey was a full participant despite the back injury he suffered against the Rams that took him out for the last few series. He only ended up playing 57 out of a possible 76 snaps in that game, leading Cornelius Lucas to come in and play the final 20 or so. I believe he had been in on some sixth offensive lineman snaps early on, but never a good sign to have a backup offensive lineman in an offensive line that's already been having some struggles to consistently play well collectively as a group, especially with a inexperienced right guard and against the Rams going up against a defensive tackle like Aaron Donald. That part of the whole point of moving Cody Whitehair back to center was to have a veteran on each side of Rashad Coward and losing Bobby Massey even temporarily. It was certainly counterproductive to that goal, but Massey already back at practice to start the week is a good sign for hitting, getting him back on Sunday against the New York Giants. And a front seven that we talked yesterday with Patricia Trena about how they've been, you know, they've had some ups and downs, but they're a pretty talented group, especially when they added Leonard Williams from the New York Jets right in there on the defensive line. They've gotten some good depth at pass rusher. Marcus Golden has uh, more sacks than, than Khalil Mack and any Bears player thus far this season. And they've got a few different guys with three sacks that they can kind of rotate in there and throw some different things at your offensive line. So especially with how poorly the Bears' offensive line has been. You need your starting talent in there, but factor in a, a, a Giants front seven that might be able to get some penetration, and you want Bobby Massey out there because Cornelius Lucas is not, I mean, you know there was a reason he was available late into the summer this offseason, and he was not a guy that was uh, inspiring a lot of confidence as a top backup tackle option this preseason, and things could start to be an issue if you had to rely on him too much at right tackle. And Bobby Massey quietly been one of the Bears' more consistent offensive linemen this season, especially in the last few weeks. He, you know, you kind of know what to expect from Bobby Massey nowadays, that you know he has his ups and downs, and he's not a, a top-notch right tackle. And there's always some room for improvement, and you wonder, like, oh, could the Bears do better? But you want to kind of take what you can get from him as well. But after kind of struggling for a decent stretch there in sort of the middle portion of the season, he he bounced back these last few weeks and really playing well against the Lions and the Rams before his injury. So good to have him back, especially with everything else going on in this offensive line. And shout out to the Bears offensive line spouses on Twitter who uh, pretty actively search at least a few of the Bears offensive linemen by name and respond to tweets that mention their husbands in tweets. I'm, I'm shouting out uh, Rashad Coward's partner and Charles Leno's wife, Jen, 
are both pretty active on Twitter, and uh, one of them was in my Twitter mentions uh, the other day after Rashad Coward struggled against Aaron Donald, which is, of course, super understandable that a, a young right guard would have some problems with the best defensive player in football. But that's regardless, you know, that that's beside the point. And you know, shout out to the the spouses of their players trying to trying to protect their husbands, although. I don't know. Uh, I think the offensive linemen are the ones whose job is the protecting. But regardless, Bobby Massey back at practice and a good sign for a a full-strength offensive line against the New York Giants. Now, outside linebacker Isaiah Irving was limited, which is also some progress for him in recovering from a quad injury that's kept him out for the last few weeks. It's it's given an opportunity for James Vauders to be back in this outside linebacker rotation, but the Bears opted to put Vauders back on the practice squad this week, which could be a sign that Isaiah Irving might be ready to return. Maybe they're optimistic about his potential here from that quad injury. At this point, given how long he's been out, I would guess he may not be ready to go, and they might just be doing one of these, you know, throw Vauders back on the practice squad so they can have Bradley Sowell on the active roster instead of cutting him the way they have been because you can just keep Vauders around on the bench. So, I don't think it's a definitive move there just yet, but at least progress for another young injured Bears player that I think they'd like to see more of and see where he is in his development as they try and plan ahead for the future there. And then the two players who did not participate in practice on Wednesday were were no surprise. Danny Trevathan with the elbow injury and Adam Shaheen with the foot injury. Clearly at this point, Trevathan not going on injured reserve, his injury apparently not serious enough to shut him down for the season, at least where they evaluate it right now, but I don't think we'll see him this week against the Giants, and I think it'll be a a number of weeks still before we see him, but I guess not so long that they just want to shut him down, but it's another opportunity for Nick Kwiatkowski to try and step up and shine. I know Roquan Smith was the one who really got all the playing time last week because the Bears had to do some different things to stop the Rams running game in that second half and go to more of a three in a three linebacker set with two outside linebackers and only one inside guy. So Kwiatkowski only played less than half of the snaps in the game and, and just didn't have a lot of opportunities to really fly around and thrive. So I think against the Giants, we'll, we'll see a little bit more of that base defense to try and stop Saquon Barkley, and there'll be more opportunities for Nick Kwiatkowski with Danny Trevathan injured. Then it's just Shaheen, who we kind of talked about a little bit with Jesper Horstead, kind of continues to disappoint with that foot injury. Not an injury that I'm guessing is severely enough for injured reserve, but you almost wonder if they would just want to put him on injured reserve as an excuse to kind of shut him down and say, listen, we haven't been getting enough from you. We'll try again next season, and then you're a free agent after that. So good luck to you. But maybe we'll get to see Shaheen at some point at the end of the season to try and give him as many snaps as he can to develop and make progress and show improvement. But at this point, I don't think there's a lot of optimism for that, and every practice he misses is just more missed reps to continue to get more advanced in this offense. So the disappointment sort of continues there. But overall, a fairly healthy Bears team, considering we're in the thick of the season when so many teams across the league are really banged up. The Bears have their fair share, but they're they're sitting okay, all things considered. I mean, you have to take the Akeem Hicks and injured reserve in there and, and Kyle Long as well. But overall, we've seen some bad Bears injuries situations, and, and this... Compared to some of the John Fox years, I, I think we can all feel pretty good about this one. But we'll keep monitoring the injury situation as the rest of the week goes on. And of course, for the rest of the season, 
right here on Locked On Bears. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. That includes following us on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or even join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. Again, don't forget to submit your questions for tomorrow's mailbag podcast. It's how we wrap up every week and take your questions to give you the opportunity to direct where we take the podcast. So give us a call and leave a voicemail on our phone line. The number is 312-620-8590. You can also text in your questions to that number or type out an email and send it to LockedOnBears at gmail.com or even just on Twitter. I'm glad the Bears are giving us no shortage of storylines here, even as the playoffs fall more and more out of reach. And one way or another, you know we'll always find another opportunity to bear down.